dementia researcher with a blog and a rating. Intervention planning in dementia, knowing people well. When asked to introduce myself to other researchers, I occasionally describe myself as an interventionist, usually as a speech and language therapist doing research and sometimes as a mixed methods researcher with a preference for qualitative research. When I talk about interventions, however, this is probably where I feel most comfortable. It's the intersection between my clinical and research life. And I've been delivering interventions for close to 20 years now and developing them as a researcher for seven. What I know now is that it isn't only about selecting the intervention for the person's dementia diagnosis. It's actually about much, much more than that. Too often, I'm asked by neurologists or fellow researchers, what intervention would you suggest for a person with this type of dementia? My response is usually tempered with a prefacing statement such as, it really depends on the person. And I might follow this with a comment on the current research evidence. Well, the research evidence tells us X, Y and Z, but... And the but is usually the most important bit. How, how can we decide on an intervention without understanding more about the how far the person about how far the person has come on their journey? Are they at the start, the middle, or more towards the end? How has their dementia diagnosis affected them? Affected them? Do they have more or less typical symptoms? And do they have any other long-term conditions? What's their current situation? Do they have a job, a partner, a family? Or are they living in a nursing facility on their own? And perhaps most importantly of all, what do they want to do? All these things will have a significant impact on how we select, deliver and apply an intervention. In an ideal world, if someone has a diagnosis of dementia, we would open our box of interventions and select an intervention that we know works for everyone with dementia. This is, of course, also the best way of investing in interventions too. If we invest in an intervention that works for the majority of people with this diagnosis, that's an economically intelligent spend. We have spent money on something that is useful for most people. This is perhaps what might be described as taking a population-centred approach to healthcare. This works beautifully for many healthcare conditions, for example, breaking a leg or a chest infection. This doesn't work quite so well for conditions that impact on cognitive skills and communication. These are far more complicated and complex. When someone has a diagnosis of dementia, they may experience difficulties using words. So first of all, we need to work out why this is. For people with some types of frontotemporal dementia, this might be associated with a breakdown of semantic information. For others... They may develop an apraxia, a motor speech disorder, whereas some people with Alzheimer's disease may experience difficulties in word retrieval and phonological assembly. Additionally, at the start of the dementia journey, the person may have more potential to improve or maintain these skills through practice, while a person who's more severely impaired may not have the cognitive capacity to achieve this at all. Despite all of this, we have to remember there may be many other factors influencing a person's communication. The biopsychosocial model of dementia does a really great job of reminding us that some of these can be fixed or unchangeable, whilst other things may be tractable and actually changeable. So, for example, some may also be 
biological, another psychosocial, and a person may have had a previous stroke, so a biological factor, that we cannot change. Another person might be deaf, another biological factor, but a hearing aid can be given to modify this, so it's a tractable factor. A person may not have attended school, a psychosocial factor, and we can't change that. But they may be low in mood, again, a psychosocial factor, for which we may be able to give them or prescribe them antidepressants. More specifically, individuals may have very different priorities. One person may be determined to be able to order their own meal in a restaurant, They may wish to practice exercises to ensure they can do it verbally, whereas another person may find exercises too much of a commitment and wish to find an alternative way of doing things. So, for example, using a communication aid to communicate their order. And yet another person might not consider this a priority at all, given their partner has always ordered for them and always will. Importantly, partners, families and friends are important aspects of the individual's lives as well and some may be much more skilled in supporting people and enabling their loved ones whilst other ones may unintentionally make things much harder for their loved ones. Interventions must take account of all these individual differences to ensure the intervention works well for the person. We call this person-centred care but person-centred care is hard to invest in. Person-centred care is not a one-stop shop. Person-centred care requires a skilled practitioner who can get to know a person deeply and then jointly plan the best course of action or intervention for that person. And given people often change their minds, person-centred care means we can change with them. Designing an intervention, a different intervention for each person, doesn't necessarily feel or seem like an economical method of delivering interventions. But on the other hand, if we design something that fits with the person, it means they're more likely to use it, which means it's more likely to work, which means it's more likely to be effective. So the bottom line is this, how can we convince investors to invest in interventions when we can't actually guarantee there will be a positive outcome for everyone? When some people like one thing and others don't, I I probably wouldn't invest in interventions like these either. Perhaps we're selling them all wrong in that case. Perhaps the point is that we need to sell intervention development on a person-by-person basis. Perhaps we need fewer cohort studies and many more case studies in research. Perhaps we need to let the investors know that this is the way it needs to work and help them understand how we think that they should spend their money on an intervention by intervention on a person by person basis. Thank you for listening. Join the Dementia Research bloggers and share your own views.